Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we continue our divisional previews. Tonight we review the most loaded division that I can personally remember and definitely in the NFL this year. The AFC West stacked with all of the people that crop quarterbacks uh, making a very competitive dogfight type of division. We'll review the four teams that have what we think they're seeing and their four can be for the upcoming season. And we think that there's potential that all four teams in the seventh playoff make the playoffs this year. Find out next as we discuss here on the His and Hers podcast. All right, welcome in again, uh, the His and Hers podcast, uh, streaming wherever you do get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, even have the video format on YouTube, like and subscribe there as well. Paige, we're discussing the AFC West here tonight, and I'll give you a quick little synopsis of what that division has meant in recent years. So, um, and I just will have to tell you, begins and ends with the Kansas City Chiefs. They have won the division the last six years. Um, the AFC West title, last one being won by the Broncos when they had that run with Peyton Manning. Three of the teams have Super Bowl titles. The Broncos and the Raiders have three of them. The Kansas City Chiefs have two, most recently, just a few years ago. And the uh, Los Angeles Chargers have uh, gone 0-1. They've only made the Super Bowl one time and lost it. They're the team, lone team in the division without the Super Bowl t- title. Um, so again, the four teams, the Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Denver Broncos. So Paige, there's been some quarterback movement. Russell Wilson being a premier one, joining the Broncos this season. We have Justin Herbert in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, Derek Carr, uh, not the most Noteworthy name when it comes to people, but a stable quarterback going on, I believe, his 10th season with the Raiders. And then, of course, the young phenom going into his, I believe, fourth season of starting Patrick Mahomes. What do you make of this division kind of from a higher level view looking at all four teams? Yeah, I think undisputably it's the tightest division in the NFL this year. Um, Could potentially say the most offensively loaded division in league history. I can't think of a time um, that a division was this loaded offensively. I think that we've got some issues on defense for a few of these teams, but um, talent wise, roster wise, I think that we're just going to be watching a lot of really, really fun games between these divisional opponents. Yeah. I mean, obviously when you start stacking that type of quarterback play, when you look at a division and your worst quarterback is Derek Carr, there's, I mean, he's not bad. So that's a pretty, you can already tell from, from the higher up that that's going to be very compelling to watch. Um, depending on where you look at your odds right now, the Chiefs are plus 175 to win the division. So pretty good uh, favorite out there in the West. You got the Chargers at 250, Broncos at 275, and then Raiders at 700. So what it tells me is that everyone's looking at the rosters, they're viewing that the Raiders definitely have the worst roster. That defense is a little suspect, even though they made the playoffs last year. Um, and then it's kind of a toss-up, right? The the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be consensus. I mean, the six 
consecutive AFC West titles. Andy Reid is your head coach. Pack Mahomes is your quarterback. Obviously going to be the favorite, but the, the question lies that who's going to be that number two team? Is it going to be the Broncos or the Chargers? It, it's, it's a very interesting race to see. So let's start um, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, went to back-to-back Super Bowls. They played in four, and not only played in four, but hosted four straight AFC championship games, which hadn't been done even by the Patriots. In fact, the only team that was able to get that done was way back in the early 2000s with the Eagles, not way back, but I guess 15, 20 years ago, which seems like a long time ago, when Andy Reid was a coach of the Eagles. So he's the only coach to have actually done that, not only play in, but host four straight championship games, a remarkable feat. Does that happen again for him this year? What is your view of the Kansas City Chiefs, and can they get that done? Uh, love the Kansas City Chiefs. Love Andy Reid. Love Patrick Mahomes and everything that they've done. Um, I think this year, if there is a year that we see a kind of a dip in the performance of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's team, I think this might be the year. So obviously with the loss of Tyreek Hill and Tyron Matthew has been a big talk around the league. Specifically with Tyreek Hill, how do you replace a receiver of that caliber? I think the biggest question is um, actually around how do you make a spread so that Travis Kelsey is not completely just double teamed the entire game. So I think obviously you're going to be looking at um, Sky Moore, seeing how he can kind of break out this year, see what kind of that looks like for him, for Patrick Mahomes to be able to hit him. Don't think you're going to be able to replicate the speed of Tyreek Kill, but it's still Patrick Mahomes. My actual biggest concern comes with the running game. I don't think we really know how the Chiefs running game necessarily is going to look this year. Um, and with the schedule that they have, this is my biggest thing with the Chiefs is they are on the road against the Cardinals, Colts, Bucks, 49ers, and Bengals. So I just think that they probably have the toughest schedule in the entire league this year. And so I think that combined with the incredible talent within the division itself, I think we're going to see the Chiefs coming in at second or third spot. I don't think that they're going to be the divisional champions this year. What's your take? Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's a good point. Um, obviously, the season that Mahomes had last year would be a dream season for almost every other quarterback not named Mahomes. He had uh, four, almost 4,900 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And I remember around the halfway point, everyone was saying, what's wrong with the guy? What's uh, what's going on? And it's, it's just kind of crazy that last year in his fourth season of starting, that's just kind of the expectation that he's already built around his career and how he plays. I think everyone's going to look at the loss of Tyree kill, obviously a, a guy who will stretch the field with the safeties. They're going to have to, you know, you keep an eye on where a guy like that is, but I think what they did is kind of shift. And I think you'll see um, a shift in mentality from Reed and Mahomes where they brought in Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like you said, they brought in Juju Smith Schuster from the, from the Steelers. So Valdez Scantling is going to replace kind of that, over the over the top action, same with Sky Moore, like you said, really fast twitch receiver. Uh, but I think with Juju Smith shoot through a Travis Kelsey, you're going to see a little more possession type, more of being able to be patient, take the things because what they were a lot of defensive doing is going that cover two look, putting the safeties over the top and saying, if the Chiefs are going to beat us, it's going to be 15 play drives. And you saw with the Bengals in the second half of the AFC Championship game where they blew that lead. It was a lot of 
wanting the big play over and over again and not being willing to take what was in front of him, which he had been super successful when he kind of made that shift half three points a year. So instead of relying on such deep threats that they had previously, they brought in some bigger receivers, going to change the game plan. The, a lot of news out of camp, the Pacheco kid running back for the Chiefs has been performing really well. Uh, so there's some there to like, and I'm just going to trust in Andy Reid. I'm going to trust in Patrick Mahomes. So personally, where I put their ceiling at is right where they've been the last six years, which is 12, 13 wins. Uh, with the with Mahomes, you could even put their ceiling at 14, 15, and I wouldn't even like argue with you. I just think he's that big of a difference maker. Uh, and then their floor, I'm just I, I trust them so much. I think their floor is 10 and 7. I don't think with that caliber of player, it falls much below that. So yeah, um, I don't know. Well, where it's even funny. Yeah. It's even funny to think back to last year. I mean, I'll have to look it up, but I think that they were at two and three at the beginning of the season. And everyone was like, the Chiefs dynasty is over. They're ruined. They're never coming back from this. They end the season 12 and five. They make it to the AFC championship game. Exactly. It's, it's the same caliber of coach and quarterback that we're going to be continuing to talk about the Chiefs for a really, really long time. And so I wouldn't bet against them um, in any means. I agree with you. I'm putting actually most of the teams in this division, I'm putting right around 11, 12 wins um, expected at the lowest. Um, But with the Chiefs, agree, I think it's going to be between 11 to 13 wins as their ceiling. I think that they're going to struggle a little bit. in terms, I think we could see a little bit of a potential struggle that we saw last year at the beginning of the year with those tough road games that they have potentially lose a couple there. So I think we're going to see some losses, but it's still Patrick Holmes and Andy Reid, and it's tough to get a bet against them. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, I think I'll we'll move into the team that I think is going to prevent the present the biggest challenge to them, if the caveat of staying healthy. And that's going to be your Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I just like the makeup of the team. Uh, I know that in the last two years with Herbert starting, they haven't made the playoffs, but they were literally, I mean, if we remember the last game of the year where they're playing the Raiders, they were a tie away, which was one more possession overtime done correctly for making the playoffs. Obviously, if they win the game, they make the playoffs too, and there were plenty of chances there as well. But I think they shored up a lot of their problems with who they brought in during the offseason. So obviously, you got uh, Joey Bosa, and they were able to get Khalil Mack added in on trade. And then they sign, um, I'm spacing the name right now, they signed the uh, J.C. Jackson, the corner for the Patriots, an all-pro corner. Um, and they shored up the offensive line um to you know protect justin herbert i think he's such a special talent with what he's shown the last couple years um as a quarterback you they spend some money on the defensive side of the ball because he's on his rookie contract and i think that they're going to perform an extra step because the second year of their head coach brandon staley is going to have his opportunity to install that scheme everyone be on the same page justin herbert takes another step in year three I love the weapons they have around them. They're able to keep Mike Williams. They have Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I just love the team. They have a great offensive line. They made some really smart draft picks. Uh, so I think that the biggest competition to the Chiefs is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. What do you think? Uh, I wish I could get on board with that. <laughs> um, it's hard. I, I, I mean, think, I know. I mean, I think one, 
one, I just don't know how good a team can be when they have no fan base, I guess is one thing. Um, in 17 games. Yeah. That's true. That's <laughs> um, cool. I'll never, last year when I went to the Vikings game at SoFi Stadium, I was honestly just shocked because I thought it was at U.S. Bank Stadium with the amount of purple that was in the crowd and lack of Charger support. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my biggest my biggest concern with the Chargers comes on defense. I think Justin Herbert's obviously a standout star. I wish I kind of wish that the Chargers had maybe made a move to get one of those extremely insane wide receivers. Obviously, Allen and Williams are good. Williams tends to be a little bit injury prone as we saw last year. And so that's just my one concern with them is that I wish that with the rookie contract that Justin Herbert currently has, I don't know why you wouldn't go out and get more weapons for him to be able to kind of take him over the top on that offense. The biggest question for me comes with the chargers is on their defense. I mean, you mentioned that they added Khalil Mack, they made a couple moves, but I don't know if that defense is going to be able to, prevent the types i mean you think about the quarterbacks they're playing against russell wilson patrick mahomes in divisional games is that defense going to be able to prevent patrick mahomes from scoring i i don't know at this point and so that's where my biggest question comes i think we're going to see an amazing offensive run by the chargers but i could see their defense letting them down in big moments in big games and that could prevent i'm putting them at fourth in the division if i'm being honest holy cow i think I, I I guess I could see I think I definitely think they're gonna be the most volatile um team where 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 I kind of base this is last year they were in almost every game they lost, and the reasons they lost were some coaching decisions that were lightly put very aggressive, you know, going forward on fourth down in their territory. Um, you know, and sometimes it worked out for them. I remember the reason they won that Browns game is because uh, they, their offense was lagging in that second half. He went for it on fourth and seven on their, I think, 13 or like 23, 23-yard line. I mean, stuff that doesn't really happen in the NFL. They got it. They went down and scored, and then that was a really good game that they ended up um, competing in. I And I think the Browns actually ended up winning, but that jump started their offense. I'll have to go back and look. But there are other instances where they kept going for it on fourth down in the Chiefs territory the second time they played them, and they kept getting stopped when they could have kicked multiple field goals and ended up losing that game by just a few points as well. So I think Brandon Saley learned a lot last year, his first time being a head coach and understanding that there is advanced being aggressive, having analytics, but sometimes you just take the points, take your win, and keep that momentum going, right? And and don't shoot yourself in the foot so much. But I don't know. I, I think their ceiling is around the 11 to 12 wins. Anywhere then their floor can be seven, six to seven. They have been historically very injury prone as well. So it's always kind of a, uh, I have a lot of friends that are, not a lot of friends, but three friends from college uh, who are from that area that were our big Chargers fans. And every year I heard the same story from them. If we could just stay healthy, we would be one heck of a team. <laughs> other since I've never met an actual Chargers fan. So they, they just have to be from the area. So uh, so I do think the six, seven wins is also on the table for them as well. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Ceiling of 10 to 11 uh, and then floor five, six. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, what do you think of the Raiders? Uh, I like the Raiders. Um, I think that the Raiders, Raiders, I think that the the Raiders, yeah, I think that the Raiders, 
made a lot of good moves this offseason. I think it's going to be exciting to see what they're able to do um, with this offense, obviously with the addition of Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and him and their longtime friendship, I think it's going to be really, really fun to watch on the field. Um, Did they go to college I, together? I didn't hear. That has not been said yet anywhere. <laughs> hasn't been a storyline anywhere. No, I cannot so. wait to not. I mean, I, I get. Are I they best you. friends? And my favorite no, thing is. You won't see photos of them back in Fresno for sure. How much it. Uh, it always gets exaggerated as if like, then we're going to, people are going to be like, Oh no, they've been best friends since they were three years old and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but I think it is going to be fun to watch them. Obviously Damon Waller healthier this year at the tight end spot. Um, I think the biggest issue with the Raiders last year is that a lot of self-inflicted losses on their part, sure. obviously right. against the Bengals, Derek Carr missed that throw in the end zone, wide open receivers. Um, there was a lot of self-inflicted problems throughout the season, but specifically in that playoff game that really cost them that game and propelled the Bengals forward. Um, I think with Josh McDaniels coming in, being an offensive-minded guy, that it could be the perfect combination for Derek Carr, kind of the guidance that he needs to kind of step up as a QB in the league. Obviously, always been pretty good, but I think that this is potentially Derek Carr's kind of standout season where he's going to have some really good stats. Um, especially what we see out of Zamir White and the Devontae Adams. I'm just so excited to see those two up against each other. Um, but what are you thinking from a terms of, I mean, they have to play Rams and Titans on the road. Those are the, like the major two road games that I thought they'll have a chance of losing. What are your thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, you oh, know, one, I, well, the one thing I did forget. Sorry, the one thing I did forget to say that I think is the biggest issue with the Raiders is because I think they may they have a good options on defense, they have good options on offense, but that offensive line is going to make or break this entire season yeah. for the Raiders. Hasn't been their most reliable. Uh, they don't have the best players there, and if Derek Carr can't stay upright, he's not going to be able to hit Devontae Adams for those amazing passes, and so. I think that the whole Raiders team, honestly, in my eyes, relies on that offensive line. Yeah, I think I think they're a team that, I mean, last year you talked about their mistakes in games, which there were a lot, but there were so much off the field things that they, I mean, they seemed like a month stretch where it was another, I mean, you had the John Gruden scenario, then I can't remember which one came first or Henry Ruggs. Uh, obviously DUI and then their Damon Arnett, their first round pick was posting videos on IG with guns and drugs and was, you know, there was just, it was seemed like there was always something going on. It's actual insanity that they made the playoffs with it everything is. that happened in their office. It's always so weird to me why, uh, why the interim coach I'm spacing his name right now, but wasn't able to either get a job with them or now he's a special teams coordinator up in green Bay. But you know, I think that Derek Carr is really, you know, good. They they used the offseason really well. They they flipped and got uh, Chandler Jones, obviously the Devontae Adams being big. My biggest thing with big wide receiver trades is always I can't think of the last time it really propelled the team much further. The one that um the one that I could call back recently is Stephon Diggs helped Josh Allen get to another level but jo but Stefan Diggs has never been regarded as wide receiver one in the league right you know you think back to like Odell Beckham getting traded to the Browns that didn't really work out 
uh, Randy Moss getting traded to the Raiders from the Vikings back in the you know early 2000s, and obviously that didn't work out either. So as much as I like like Devontae Adams, I'm happy he's not playing for the Packers anymore. I don't see where they take that next step from last year, and in my opinion, they take a step back or really just kind of stay the same. I think they'll be competitive. I think Josh McDaniels will instill a good amount of discipline within the organization and the team, kind of that Patriot way. Um, and obviously, hopefully he's learned a lot from his, his about 12 years ago when he was fired in Denver for some of, you know, some of the rubbing players the wrong way and, and kind of being a gracious and very arrogant. But I just don't see with that offensive line, you know, they cut their first round tackle, Alex Leatherwood. Um, they got some patchwork pieces, some older veterans. Uh, but fun fact, my buddy who uh, was on the Broncos, uh, Sebastian Gutierrez, just had a workout with them today. So if they sign him, I'm, I'm going to flip and say they got the best offensive room in the league. But until that point, uh, I just don't see I actually have them finishing fourth. With a you know a record around five and twelve, six and thirteen, top end ten and seven is kind of how I view their season going. Yeah, I've got them at a I've got them at a ceiling of eleven wins and floor of six. Floor of six. What do you think makes it six? A floor of six. I just think that if if the O line can't keep Derek Carr upright, then he, they're just gonna lose. <laughs> They're going to lose so much because one, it just risks injury. And if he gets sure. hurt. Um, so I think that there's, I don't know, it's like, it's fun to like kind of be, Oh, let's get excited about the Raiders. But there's just a lot of, I think that's the thing is this is a total what from a roster perspective, this division is insanely offensively loaded. It is. It's going to be really interesting though, to see how these actually work together what comes into determination in terms of injuries early in the year that affect the season play. And so there's just so many what ifs up in the air about everything that it's just kind of fun because each team you can just kind of nitpick. Uh, this is going to be their downfall. This is going to be their downfall. So yeah, I just want football to start seven days. I just need it. That's, that's <laughs> right. Well, what's interesting, uh, you know, listening to guys talk about football is when they talk about drafts and missing on draft picks, it doesn't hurt you that year because rookies, typically don't make that quick immediate impact some do um but they hurt you two to four years down the line and in my opinion i think i i, I believe you're starting to see that where that you know i think in 2019 they drafted the uh, jonathan abram the safety and he's been kind of a flop in terms of his coverage not really a good run stopper just kind of a mad player damon arnett was another cornerback that they drafted last year and he obviously got cut with what i referenced to earlier so these misses alex leatherwood the right tackle being taken in the first round being cut two years into it is just like these are misses that are starting to affect because you can't sign expensive veterans because one they're not that often and two usually if they're on the market is for a reason and if they work out for you they're probably pretty expensive so missing on on value in the draft is where it starts to hurt you. And I think that's where the Raiders are being affected. The Mayock Gruden era, they didn't hit, they hit some like Max Crosby, great defensive end for him, signed a new contract. That's awesome. But he was in the fourth round. They missed on a lot of their first rounds. Josh Jacobs competing for our running back one job. And, you know, the list goes on and on. So I think that's where they're being affected pretty heavily. Uh, Broncos Nation, let's ride. 
Is it Broncos country? Broncos country? Let's ride. What do you think of Russell Wilson in Denver? Do you think it's going to make a difference? Are they finally, since their win in the Super Bowl 50, are they finally going to make it back to the playoffs? Yeah, the Broncos are where I've I've got a little bit of a Cinderella story, and it might be just because I've always been a Russell Wilson fan, but and probably coming off the season that Matthew Stafford had last year, obviously transferring from the Lions to the Rams, winning the Super Bowl. I I could see that for Russell Wilson in this scenario for a few reasons. One, Russell Wilson, incredible quarterback, hasn't had the best situation in Seattle for a while. I think with Nathaniel Hackett being a very offensive-minded, coined the QB whisperer in the league, I think that it's going to be really awesome that if that's the perfect fit that Russell Wilson needed, like Kevin O'Connell was for Matthew Stafford, then we're going to see this incredible gameplay. Um, I think that also with the um, – with, I mean, I think – Russell Wilson is going down a little bit in my eyes. He's going down a little bit in terms of receiver strength that he has. Obviously, going from Metcalf and Lockett to Sutton and Jerry Judy um, is going to be a little bit of a downplay. But I still think that those two wide receivers are going to be top 20 wide receivers in the league. And so I think that a quarterback like Russell Wilson isn't going to have a problem with being able to utilize them as weapons. Um, And I think we've got Javante Williams potentially – um, on this offense becoming in like in the top five of running backs in the league throughout the season. Um, and so I don't know. I really like them. I think that this is a little bit of R- Russell Wilson's redemption season. Um, people keep talking about him being injury prone. I don't really agree with that. I mean, last year he was out for a broken finger that was hit on a helmet in a random weird accident on the field. And so I don't really think that that's necessary saying that he's going to be super injured all of the time and he is getting older but also Matthew Stafford was getting older and we saw what he was able to do so I am in on the Broncos hot take I think that they actually will be coming out top on this division coming out number one Mm, interesting I I if you told me that they you know win the division and it's true I wouldn't be shocked I think like you said the pieces are there um, I do think Cortland Sutton and Jared Judy, um, KJ Hamler, they have in the slot. I think they're going to be um, a really fun offense to watch. You got Melvin Gordon, and you mentioned Devontae Williams in the backfield. Their offensive line has some really good pieces to it as well. Um, I love Denver. I think that they're going to be competing. I think, I think that in my eyes, the trio of the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Chiefs are going to be playing. It's going to be a like a, a mud fight um, every week to to staying relevant in the division, to stay afloat and keep kind of pace with the top dog, whoever it ends up actually being. So I really like Denver. I love not only um, what they've done with bringing Russell Wilson in, but I just I really think that it's a franchise that is like a football city. Like having been able to go to Denver just recently to that third preseason game where they played the Vikings. The place was full. Like the entire lower bowl was full. The upper bowl was full. And it was loud for a preseason game where no one played. Like there wasn't even an appearance by anyone. The only starter was KJ Hamler, and he played for two series, and that was it. So I think it's a, I think their home field advantage is real. I think it's more, I think obviously the Chiefs have a really good one too. 
But like you said, I when you when you travel and you go into SoFi Stadium, it's going to be all Broncos when they play the Raiders. The Raiders moving. Oh, the Raiders fan base is nuts. But the Las Vegas Raiders, because it's such a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like mixing pot. It's not as much as it used to be in Oakland. I know that. And Denver is not that far. It's a cheap flight to get down to Las Vegas. The last game that I watched the Broncos play in there, there was a lot of orange in the stadium because everyone circles on their calendar. I want to go to Vegas and watch my team play because that's a fun place to be. So I think that their home field advantage has dipped. And I think the Broncos, like you said, with Russell Wilson and the pieces, their defense was third in points allowed last year, 18.9. Russell Wilson win, win you a lot of football games if that's what you can hold teams to. He proved it early on in his career. And I think he's going to have a resurgence here in the back half of his career as well. Agreed. So let's see. So who you? So you've got Chiefs on top. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. So I, I, my order, if I had if if I had to predict, I'm going to go cheap until proven otherwise. I think the Broncos do finish number two. My and I didn't say my ceiling, but I do think my ceiling's around 12 wins for him. I think their floor can be still around seven to eight because there are some young pieces there. Uh, and then Chargers, but I think they're neck and neck. I think it's going to be a weird tiebreaker that separates the Broncos and Chargers, and then they got the Raiders at the bottom. Okay, yeah. And I've got uh, Broncos at the top, Raiders coming in second, Chiefs coming in third, and Chargers coming in last. Hey, you have I'm been- either going to be I'm either going to be considered a complete idiot, or they're going to be like, wow. People are going to have- look back on this and say she knew she knew it. Do you do you do you know that the Chiefs haven't lost to the Broncos in the last? It's at least five years. Ever since Peyton Manning left, they haven't yeah. beaten them. They haven't had Russell Wilson. Oh man, well, <laughs> that that one's fine. But you put the Raiders in second place. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, we're just. We're just going for it this year. Are you Skip Bayless? Because that that's outlandish. That is I, I like Russell Wilson. I don't even I don't I don't mind if you had them winning it, but putting the Raiders above the Chiefs is that's where we gotta draw the line. That's insane. Yeah, I feel like I, I'll probably personally apologize to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in a few Ooh. weeks, but that's what we're yeah. doing today. Oh, all right. Um <laughs> we're gonna end the episode on that little doozy. That was something to behold. Um Thank you for tuning in to his and hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett. That's Paige with, I don't know, voices in her head. Uh, we're going to cover the NFC next on the next episode of the you know, preview leading up to the first game of the year on Thursday. I cannot wait. Oh, great. <laughs>